0: but if I'm not loud enough, forgive me. That's what I'm Luke chapter number 1, and we'll start in verse 35. It says, And the angel answered and said unto her, The Holy Ghost shall come upon thee, And the power of the highest shall overshadow thee. Therefore also that holy thing which shall be born of thee shall be called the Son of God. And behold thy cousin Elizabeth, she hath also conceived a son in her old age. And this is the sixth month with her who was called barren. For with God nothing shall be impossible. And Mary said, Behold the handmaiden of the Lord, be it unto me according to thy word. And the angel departed from her. The Lord would help me tonight, I want to try to preach on a simple thought, abandon, abandon. Pray with me. Lord Jesus, we thank you for your goodness. We thank you for your mercy, God. And we ask, Lord, that you'll come in, in this house, Lord, in a mighty way tonight, Lord, and lead us to an altar, Lord, of prayer, Lord, in consecration, Lord, tonight. Father, touch this congregation, Lord, help me to get out of the way, Lord, and use me, I pray, Lord, as your mouthpiece. In Jesus' name we ask it. Lord. amen. You may be seated. Sorry, right, let me get my stuff up. Abandon. I'll get to it in a little bit. I don't know if you take notes. I know some do. Um, I got three points. Number one is communication. Number two is submission to our fellow man. And three is submission to God. Uh, Brother Jeff was talking about something the other day, I think, about talking But first, I'll say this uh, about abandon. The Lord taught us to pray when He was in the Garden of Gethsemane. Um, I remember some years ago, Brother Prescott was here and he preached on the necessity of Gethsemane. And the thing that Jesus prayed... That when his disciples said, come and pray with me, they fell asleep. He went into the garden and he was so burdened and so stressed out about the events that were to take place here soon that he sweat, as it were, great drops of blood. Now, I know many times we'll see in pictures and different things of him like laying on a rock or, or maybe, you know, praying on his knees. But the Bible says that he was on his face. Praying. He was prostrate before God. And Amen. he said these words more than once. He said, not as I will, but as Thou wilt." I think that this was a, an example to us on how to pray. Not my will be done, but Thy will be Amen. done. God has given us a great gift, even though sometimes it doesn't seem like a gift, which is free choice. Amen. Many people choose to go to hell and many people... Like Brother Jeff was talking about earlier, many people choose to go to heaven. I want to be one of those people. But one man said that hell's doors are locked from the inside. Hell is full of people who did not pray as Jesus said, not as I will, but as thou wilt. But instead, hell is full of folks that have on their epitaph when they died, on their life's title, they said, not as you will, but as I will.
1: That's right.
0: Many folks will say, well, why does God send, why does a loving God send folks to hell? Well, the reality of it is, we were talking about this in Sunday school some, that God has given us a choice whether Him or not. And we choose that through our life. Not as I wilt, but as thou wilt. You have a right. I don't know if anybody has ever told you this, but we live in America. And you've probably heard this one time or another. You have a right to yourself. To your own life. You have a right to choose what job you want. You have a right to choose what education you, you have pretty well. You have a right to yourself. We live in America. We live in a capitalist, uh, you know, whatever. And we, we have this freedom. But if you want to be a Christian, you have to give up those rights and give them to God. You have that. It's yes. God-given. Yes. But if you want to serve God, you have to make Him Lord. Amen. Yes. Brother Shad McDonald says many times when he's preaching, he says, if He is not Lord of all, He is not Lord at all. Wow. But I will say this, He is not a hard taskmaster. He wow. said, come and learn of me, for I am meek and lowly in heart. You shall find rest unto your souls, for my yoke yes. is easy, and my burden is Is light. I I want to talk to us tonight about abandoned, abandoned. I know this seems like a paradox to talk about how Jesus said His yoke is easy and His burden is light, and then we just sing about how the cross is heavy. It doesn't contradict itself, but they both are still applicable for the Christian. We have a cross to bear, not just when we get saved or not just what Jesus did, but through our life. We have a cross, each and every one of us. Some may look different than others, but we have something to bear for God. But he said it's easy and slight. I don't know about you, but crosses aren't very light. But That's what he said. I believe he'll make it better. Just as he endured the cross. For the joy that was set before him, I believe he can give us in our time of trial a joy that we can see on the other side that will enable us to endure that cross. Abandon. First one, communication. Brother Jeff said something a while back about how we are different, and the Bible bears that out. God made man after his own image. He made the heavens and the earth and all these different things, but He made man not really a little different. He made Him a lot different. That's
1: right.
0: I know that the public schools and different folks will teach that we are evolved from apes and whatnot, but the Bible says that you are made in the likeness and in the image of God.
1: That's right. That's
0: right. When the, the the guards came and saw Jesus, they said, Never man spake like this man. Yeah. There was something about the Son of God, the way that he spoke, that was different than any other person that they had ever heard in their life. I don't think these were uh, really... I mean, I don't know, maybe they were good Jews, but I just don't picture these soldiers as being good Jewish men or good, even if you want to say it at this time, Christian men. They weren't really followers of Jesus. But they were going to arrest him, and they heard this man speak. What was it? Have you ever wondered? Maybe it was the, the tone of voice that he used. Maybe it was the vocabulary that he used. Yeah. Maybe it was just something supernatural about it, or maybe it was just the authority that he had. But whatever it was, they said never a man spoke Like this man. We are different than animals and apes and different things because one of the reasons, one of the big things that shows that is we can communicate one to another. Well, you say, well, monkeys can communicate too. We can teach them a little sign language. Well, you go teach a monkey a metaphor, Uh they won't be able to understand it. There is something about it. Jesus used this many times, especially in the book of Matthew bears it out. He used metaphors and similes and parables. This is something that is specific to the human race that God did not give anybody else. God made man and then he made woman. That's a real life physical man. In a real life physical woman, not a woman in a man's body or a man in a woman's body. It didn't work that way. God made male and female and he made them in the garden. When he made them, have you ever wondered when he walked in the garden in the cool of the day, Adam, and he spoke with God, what language did he speak?
1: You ever wondered?
0: What did he speak? Did he go to English school or Hebrew school or whatever it was that he spoke? What language was it? Where did he learn it? It was God's language, and God gave him that language. It was infused into his being. There is something about communication. You will not survive a marriage without communication. You will not survive a friendship without communication. And you will not survive this companionship with Christ without daily communication with the Lord Jesus. Communication is very different, and God has made us different in that ways. Uh, Let's see, where are we? Yes, in the garden. God made male and God made female in that order. Number two, submission to man. I put the wrong thing on my paper, but that's what I mean. Submission to our fellow man. God made the heavens and God made the earth, but first, when it came to humankind, He made Male, And this was the order in which it ought to be in the home. Amen. Yes. The Bible bears this out, that a husband is the head of the home. Yes. Right. Yes. There is male gender roles yes. that we ought to have. Yes,
1: right.
0: There is women gender roles that women ought to have, right. but I'm specifically Amen. talking it to us men. God is wanting men to be, us men, to be men. Yes. And Amen. the first place to start is at home. Yes. The male, some that the, the Bible bears out is the, the man, the husband, whatever you want to say, is to provide, to protect and to lead. In 1 Timothy 5 and 8, it talks about a man that doesn't work, shouldn't eat. If he doesn't wow. provide for his family, he's worse than in an infidel and so on. And then to protect, that bears it out in 1 Peter 3 and 7 and in Ephesians 5 and 25. And to lead uh, in Ephesians 5, 1 through 33, bears that out. These are some specific uh, responsibilities that a husband has, that a man has As far as leading goes, Brother Jeff says many times that man has the veto power. He has the power to say, well, no or yes or whatnot. Now, I do want to make clear, and we know this, and I feel like a lot of times when I'm preaching, I'm preaching to the choir. So y'all just bear with me just for a little bit. But that when I say that man is to be the head, that does not mean that he should be, you know, a a slave owner. Okay? Women are not to be that. That's not what the Bible bears out at all. But women still do have a gender role. Yes. The Bible bears that she is supposed to be a help meet. I know you're thinking, I don't have any experience in this. I'm just quoting to you what the Bible teaches. Right. She is supposed to be a help meet. And what that means is that she is the perfect help. She fits perfectly in help to the man. Right. She is to be that. Yeah. There is not, a, a, a Adam looked around for another help meet. He couldn't find one. So God made woman. Right. The other gender role that I'll talk about tonight is submissive to her own husband. Now this is not something that the feminists will teach. This is not something that they'll get up and say they don't like this. They'll say that this is a social construct and and, and all this kinds of nonsense. But this is not a social construct. This is what God taught in His Word. That women are to be submissive to their husbands. It does not mean that we get a whip out. You know, you understand. It's It's not what that means. But that means... It is still an order
1: That's right. yes. to things.
0: This, The family was instituted by God. This was started by God. There are examples of these kind of women in Scripture. One of them is, we just read her, about Mary. She said, Be it unto me according to thy will. She didn't say, Oh, you're kidding. I have to go do this and go do that. I'm just this and I'm just... No, she didn't argue with the angel. She said, Be it unto me according to thy will. Right. And then you have Ruth And also Esther. The opposite of this, just while I'm at it, I'll I'll go ahead and cover it. The opposite of this would be um, what Proverbs 7 and verses 10 through 11 describe of a woman with the attire of a harlot. Three things that it says about her. She is loud. She is stubborn. And her feet do not abide in her home. This was a harlot. This is the opposite of a godly woman, a godly submissive woman. Uh, these women that we've listed first were godly. They were submissive women. And number three is submission to God. Not only do women have to learn submission to God, but men also have to learn submission to God. This is a universal command. This is a universal fact that no leader can be a good leader unless he first learns how to follow orders. Right. Yeah. The the there's studies that 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 show this that it goes from uh dependence to independence and then to interdependence. You have to go in that order. It has to go that way. So, God is calling us to be what God has has created us to be and put us submission to God. This comes by saying not my will be done, but thy will be done. The Lord's prayer, there's a lot of folks that will When they go into prayer, they'll pray the Lord's Prayer, and I'm one of those. Sometimes I'll quote exactly. I know he said pray like this, but sometimes I'll get it and break it down and pray what I need to pray. The Lord's Prayer says, Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. That part in that prayer seems a little different than the rest of it. The rest of it seems to be pretty specific, but this part in that prayer seems to be a little vague, if you will. Thy will be done. You're like, well, what is the will of God? What what do I have to do? Well, first off, the Bible says many, many things about what the will of God is. Yes. Right. But there are some things where we say, thy will be done. Right. Prayer is not meant... For us to bind God and change His will to ours. That's right. When we go to prayer, it is for us to bind our will and change us to match God's. Yeah. Right. Don't get that confused. Yes. But I want this. Not as thy will, but as thy will. As yes. you will. Not my wants and my ways. When you become a Christian, you have to die to yourself.
1: That right. that's
0: what the cross is all about. Right. Paul said, "I die daily he wasn't talking about physically he has to go to the hospital and get resuscitated every time he dies at twelve o'clock. no, he was saying spiritually he yeah. dies every day to right. his own wants, to his own desires, to his own self right. and lives unto God right. this is this is enraptured in uh, sanctification. In consecration, yeah. sanctification. If you don't know those words, learn those words. Very important. The Bible talks about them many, many times. Even when it doesn't use the specific word, but sanctification is when you are separated from things unholy and too holy and to God. But consecration is when you give yourself to a certain thing, and in this case, it's God. Yeah. Being consecrated, one hundred and ten percent in. You've heard the saying that marriage doesn't. Uh, it's not fifty-fifty. It's 100 hundred-hundred. Right. Yeah. Well, the relationship with God doesn't just, I'm going to give you 50. It's I consecrate everything. It's an abandonment to God. Let thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. I don't know what, I don't don't really like to guess. And I don't know how this is applicable to each and everybody specifically. But maybe, whatever it is, you've got to abandon yourself to the will of God.
1: Yes. Whatever that may be,
0: yes. if you go down to pray and you think, and you know, you think there's a cross or there's a call or whatever it is, that you've got to abandon yourself completely to the will of God. The Lord's will is contained. Uh, a lot in Scripture. It is God's will that we praise. It is God's will that we come to church. It is God's will that we live holy. There are many, many things that we don't have to guess. We never have to guess, but there's lots of things that we don't have to wonder about or even, if I dare say, pray about because it says it right here. But there are many things that are specific to our situations that we don't know where to go, what to do, or where to turn, and that's where seeking God's will comes in. That is that part in that prayer that is vague that is specific to us that means not as I will, but as you will yeah. in this specific situation, yes. whatever that may be. I don't think that God asks us to know the details about the situation or if, and I I'm, I'm want to be broad here, whether it be to uh, it's some kind of, when I think of, when somebody gets up and preaches and I think of God's will, a lot in my brain, I think of missions. And that does apply to that. If God sends Hudson Taylor to China or Betty Scott Stamm or, or Elizabeth Elliott to Ecuador or whoever, that's God's will, if it's God's will. Yeah. But God's will is also at home, yeah, right. home missions, church, and so forth.
1: Yeah.
0: Yeah. So I'm being broad. I'm being all of it. Not just one specific part. So, not as I will, but as thou wilt. Not my own way, but your way. Yes. Not as Moses did when he killed the Egyptian, though it may have been what God was wanting, sort of, kind of, but he was doing it out of anger and he was doing it in his own carnality, I think. Not when he got up, ragging on Moses, Moses was a great pastor, but not when he got up and God said, speak to that rock and you'll have order. But instead, he grabbed his rod, he smote it, and he yelled out and said, "Ye rebels!" And God said, "You didn't sanctify me in front of the people." He was doing sort of, kind of what God said, but he was doing it in his own way. That's dangerous. But rather, we have Jesus as our example. He submitted himself to the, the, the weakest of, of, of binds and holds. Do you not think that he could have called ten legions of angels to get him off of the cross? Yeah. But he didn't. He chose rather for the joy that was set before him to suffer that, to be obedient right. unto the cross. Yes.
1: Right.
0: So whatever it is, and I'm about to close, I didn't preach long. But whatever it is, I, I, the, the point that was on my heart to make is abandon yourself to the will of God.
1: Yes.
0: To abandon you and to abandon it in God. Whether that specific will right now is specifically spelled out in Scripture or whether it's something that God's uh, called Betty Scott Stam to do in China or whether it's missions here or whether it's just in the home that the will of God has got to be importance. It's got to be up here. Yes. Number one importance. Yes. Not as I willed, but as thou wilt. Mm-hmm. I, I struggle with saying this because I want to just blurt out it's not always easy to do the will of God because he said it's easy and it's light. Mm-hmm. But I think that sometimes to us it looks like a mountain mm-hmm. when really God's just wanting to get yeah. us over it. So, in closing, if you guys want to come to the you know, uh, I walked into the library at school the other day and this is if y'all know anything about what i told you about college it's out of the norm so I walked into the library and I saw um, there's a whiteboard right when you walk in the doors and it caught my eye because I saw a scripture on it Jeremiah 29 and 11 which is for I know the thoughts that I think towards you saith the Lord thoughts of peace and not of evil to give you an expected end and it means a lot to me and I'll tell you why in a sec but it, it said something right above the scripture about you know, God's history proves his faithfulness today or something like that. And it meant a lot. And it said, remember Jeremiah 29 and 11, which is, you know, I know the thoughts, I think towards you. And I remember some years ago, I was in here in the church and uh, a lady that will not be named that's behind the piano, she called me and she left me a voicemail and she said, I was praying for you today and the Lord gave me a verse for you. Well, I don't say this for any look at me kind of thing. But she didn't know. But during that time, I had set aside a day every week to fast and to pray about the will of God specifically for my life. Because if you want to know the will of God, you first have to seek the will of God. But first before that, you have to be willing to do the will of God. God does not always, I don't think, give us the know before we're willing I think a lot of times, I'm just saying from my own experience, that He makes us willing first to do anything He tells us to do. Whether it be as Abraham took his own son up and God said, no, okay, now I know that you'll serve me. Here's the ram in the thicket, just like you trusted that I would do. Whatever God says to do, and then He'll give us the know-how. So we don't have to know. We just have to be willing. And I was praying about that specifically, and uh, she called me and left me a voicemail. on this Jeremiah 29 and 11. That was the verse that God had given her. God has a plan for your life. Do you want to know that plan? And more importantly, do you want to follow that plan? Because you may not always see or you may not always know, but the important part is to trust God.
1: I'm going to say it again.
0: To trust God.
1: Yes.
0: Amen. Jesus said if you seek your own life mm-hmm. you'll lose it
1: right.
0: but if you lose your life for my sake right. you'll find it
1: yeah. right.
0: Amen. being in college you hear this a good bit especially secular college you hear college is to find yourself you ever heard that
1: yeah.
0: I told somebody the other day I said I know where I'm at I'm right here
1: yeah.
0: it's not to find I'm, I'm not looking to find myself I'm looking to lose myself.
1: Right.
0: Amen. I'm looking to abandon myself right. yes. to the will of God. And my point in, in and I think the burden that I have on my heart is to encourage you to abandon yourself to being vague, just as the scripture is, to the will of God. To pray as Jesus prayed, not my will be done but your will. You say, well, I don't know what it is yet. That's the point. You've got to get obedient and willing to be obedient before you know. I think I'm going to close with this. Richard Wormbrand said, I believe it, uh, he wrote it in his book, Tortures for Christ. Richard Wormbrand was the great pastor over in Romania who was tortured and held by the communists for about 14 years uh, altogether. And during a, in a prison cell... Uh, I don't know if it was day or night. He don't know if he knew either. He was down praying, down while he was in prison for preaching the gospel. And the Lord spoke to him in prayer and said, "What is your name?" And he thought about that for a while. And he finally said, or he kind of thought to himself, he said, "Well, if I say Richard, you know, I I know a great man that's named Richard and." I'm not that great man, so I can't say Richard. I can't say Richard. Well, I can't say pastor because I'm in jail, and a pastor is supposed to know where all of his congregation is and supposed to keep up with them, where the sheep are and what what have you. I can't say that because I don't know where they're at. I'm in prison. He said, finally, after going through this for a little while, he said, well, Lord, can I use your name? He said, my name is Jesus. He had abandoned himself. His identity was no longer pastor. His identity was no longer preacher, man of God, Richard Wormbrandt, what have you. His identity alone was Christ. This is the place where we have to be abandoned to the will of God. Last thing, I read uh, about, a, a, I believe he was a pastor or a Christian being persecuted uh, over in India, I believe. And he said, whether I live or whether I die, I die for Christ alone. Stand and sing. I wish I, I could articulate it the way that I, I felt it. To abandon ourselves Completely to God, completely to His will. I invite you tonight as they play, as they sing, to come to the altars. To pray the prayer of Jesus. Not my will be done, but let your will be done on earth. You know, God's will is done in heaven, but let it be done on earth and in my earth as it is in heaven. Come, let's pray.
1: Oh